Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Welcome back to the podcast this week. Thank you for being here. Um, What a topic I have for you this week. It is about the better.com layoffs that all happened over Zoom, which if that doesn't make you cringe, not much else will, except it gets cringier. He actually said that 250 of the terminated employees, which there were 900, were working an average of two hours a day while clocking eight hours or more a day in their payroll system. So that is an accusation of stealing time. So that definitely is a little bit more cringeworthy because of all things to share on a layoff call, that's probably not it. So we're going to break this down and what I think or what my takeaway is, and I've gotten a lot of questions on this since this whole mass layoff that happened last week, and there is so much buzz around this, especially during a time where everyone is talking about how we should be treating people better and how employees need to be you know, thought of in a more humane way, hence the name of my podcast, bringing the human back to human resources. So before I jump in, just a reminder that you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, and you can share it with a friend. Hopefully, your friend is not one of the 900 people who were laid off just before the holidays. Um, That would really not be so fun. But there are definitely more people that have been impacted by layoffs, as we know, um, through COVID and after and before COVID. So What I really want to share about this layoff call that Better.com did is that they needed to do better. Better Better.com, do better, and do better next time. It happens to be that their name is actually perfect for this episode and saying do better. Uh, The CEO who executed the layoff call has since been placed on a leave of absence, which honestly, is probably just a reaction from the board of directors who have come under a lot of fire, naturally, for, you know, this really poor representation of how you treat people, how you treat your employees, especially. So I did watch the video, and it's really unfortunate because this is not one of those layoff calls where someone's saying, listen, you know, I'm really sorry, we're putting you in this situation. Like, he has zero empathy as far as I'm concerned. Um, And I'm going to get to how you can execute a mass layoff in a more appropriate and uh, emotionally adept way and in a nicer, kinder way in a moment. But just to address the actual call right now, it was... It was not good. It was poorly executed, and actually, I'm pretty surprised that he's even he said in the on the Zoom call that he this is the second time in his career he's doing something like this. But it certainly didn't seem that way because if this is any example of how the first one went, I'm surprised that we're just hearing about the CEO now. So let me just break this down first by saying layoffs happen, and the bigger the company and the larger the layoff number or the larger the population, the harder it is to actually execute that communication because 
you, uh, you have to think about, well, how am I going to reach every single employee at the same time so that this information doesn't spread outside of my control? And then, you know, then there's this snowball effect where you're trying to get the message out, but you want to control the narrative and you want to speak with everyone directly, but you don't have necessarily have the time for that. What I will say is that when you are laying someone off, when you are ending someone's employment, you have to do it in a way that you would want to be told. So for example, one of the things that he could have done, that better.com could have done, because obviously this is coming from the CEO, um, is they, they could have thought about their execution as almost a, a gradual top-down effect versus just something where it's like one and done. So he could have said to every head of department, because if you have 900 employees that you're laying off, that means that you have a handful who are obviously going to remain active and they're probably in more senior positions. So you're, you would, let's say you have five departments, have each head of department schedule individual calls with each person or groups of people on at the same time for calls. So let's say you have five departments and on in each department you have 200 people. So let's say we're working with a thousand people similar to this population. And you have 200 people in each department and you have five managers. So now you can break that up. What's the math on that? Five into 200 is 40. So you have 40 um, groups of people potentially reporting into those other managers. So five departments, five managers within those departments, 200 employees, that's five groups of 40. Ooh, a lot of math on this episode. So now you have much smaller groups. You're able to control the narrative. Obviously, it's still a large group, but it's not 900. So then the CEO, the, the chief people officer, they prepare each manager to have the conversations with these groups of 40. And maybe you have enough HR representatives to have one on every single call. So if you have five departments, five managers, that means you're gonna have five calls times five, so 25 calls. Maybe you have 25 HR people, or maybe you have 10, and you just have to break it up and you stagger them. Whatever that looks like, you have to put in the thought, and maybe they did, maybe they did, and, they just, and ultimately they decided this isn't the way that they wanted to approach it, clearly. But this is how I would approach it. I would think about how can I break down this group of 900 or 1,000 people into smaller groups so that the conversation can actually allow for a Q&A, potentially. So let's say you have these five departments, these five managers, with each having a call with their 40 employees. Now, what you can actually do is you can say to those five managers from all five departments, for example, hey, have a group call. It should be five minutes. Let them know and make sure that you schedule individual calls thereafter. This way, again, at least when you're having that group call, it actually is a smaller group. And maybe you have 10 managers, for example, that are staying on. Then you can have an even smaller group. And the need for an individual call might be a little bit less likely, depending on how tenured the person is, depending on how many conversations you've had with um, you know, these individuals over the course of these, maybe even the last quarter. Because Usually, if business is not booming and there's an impending layoff, you can kind of feel it. You can see the trajectory. But I have to say, there are a couple things other than this Zoom call that went terribly wrong. The first is that it happened during a terrible time. Why would you not just do it, I don't know, in October, 
or September, before the holidays, way before the holidays, or wait a few weeks to do it in January. Like, I, I just think when you think about a layoff that clearly is in their control, like we're talking about 900 people, the amount of work that goes into one layoff when, when you're dealing with severance and paying benefits and all of those things, that is an incredible amount of work. So the HR team was working around the clock on this, and so were the, the finance and the executive team. So clearly, this is something that they had known probably for a few months at least. So if you know this, then why don't you think about the planning better? Why don't you think about the timing better? So that's the first thing that went wrong other than the execution of the call. The second thing that went wrong were the explanations as to why. I mean, why would you ever tell someone that they're part of a 900-person layoff because a quarter of them or a little bit less than a quarter of them were found to be stealing time, which, I mean, why even say that when you're laying someone off? I mean, you're talking about someone's employment. You're talking about people's livelihood. That doesn't, that's actually not part of the layoff at all. And so sharing that only incites further anger and disgust and disappointment, right? And then the third thing that went terribly wrong here is that they're only paying four weeks severance across the board. Now, I obviously am unaware of whether or not there was tenure in this group of 900, if this was a last in, first out situation, but based on what I heard in the video, it sounds like it was kind of dependent on full business needs and whatever the business needed to do to be in a better position from a profitability standpoint. And I would imagine knowing that, that there were definitely tenured people in that group of 900 and potentially um, people who had been with the company for, you know, at least, at least two years. And so if you're thinking about, you know, a four week severance, that is typical if you've been with a company maybe one to two years. Most companies, I think I've shared this on a previous episode, most companies actually have an equation for severance. And whether it's two weeks per year of service or four weeks per year of service, you don't usually apply a flat severance amount. When you think about it, Better.com has been around since 2016. So let's say someone has been around since the very beginning. We're talking about a minimum of five going on six years of tenure. So you're giving that person four weeks if they're part of that 900-person layoff? I don't know. I think that's really not such a nice position or situation to put someone in. And, you know, when you think about severance, the, the weeks of pay, you usually want to cover the amount of time that it's going to potentially take for them to get a new job, especially you're thinking about a layoff, right? Like this is why layoffs are so impactful because this is not a situation where someone is um, not meeting expectations and their performance is poor and they have an opportunity to like actively search for new employment. You're talking about a boom, surprise, you're being laid off type of situation. And so no one in that moment has the opportunity to even um, look for something new. So I see severance as an opportunity to try and make the person whole when they need to go and look for new employment. For these 900 people, I mean, it's probably the best time to be laid off because the job market is amazing. Um, but it's really a very crummy situation. And I really feel for these people. In the video that I watched on YouTube, where it was the actual recording of the Zoom call, you hear the person recording, like going through the emotions of what it feels like to be laid off, but especially on a call like that. And can I just say my final gripe from this call 
is the way the CEO approached it just like physically like you can see a lot from someone's body language and I have to tell you I did not sense any amount of empathy from this person and I don't know I've unfortunately had to lay off people in the past and I'm sure that I will have to do it in the future and I always think about well how do I look when I'm on camera if it's obviously you know COVID times if it's over zoom and this is a final question that I'm going to answer which is like should it have been over Zoom to begin with? Should these be over Zoom at all? Um, but just before I go to that point, I have to say, like, the body language is so important. He's sitting back in his chair and, you know, reading off a paper, and you just can't do that. Like, you're talking about almost a 1,000 people who now are going into the holidays without a job. You can't do that. So that's my take on how all of this went terribly wrong. Now, to answer the question that continues to come up and that I keep reading about, like, is this even the right way to do things? I have to first say, in a COVID, it's not really post-COVID, right? But like in a COVID environment where we have to navigate things remotely because maybe it's not so possible to get people in a room together, um, this is an unfortunate new reality. And especially it became a reality in 2020 when there had to be layoffs because businesses were really suffering at the hands of being closed, at the hands of the pandemic, etc. Now, I would say that this still is okay, meaning if it's the only option, it's okay. I think it's better than a phone call, actually, unless it's an individual phone call, but I do think it's better, it's better to at least see someone um, over the screen. But again, I mean, not to have 900 people, you have to do it the right way. Finally, if you can do this in person, that's absolutely what you should be doing. That should always be the first and most ideal circumstance. But I also think that businesses have a luxury in being able to be remote. There's obviously a cost savings in not having to travel to someone or bring people into a, an area potentially where they are not local to. Um, but that's just speaking really candidly that a business might think that way. Well, you know, we can't really afford necessarily to bring everyone into New York, so we'll do this over Zoom. But again, I think there's a humane way and a kind way of doing that, and Better.com did not do that in this case. And you know what? Can I, can I take a second to air a grievance here? He literally said, you'll be getting an email from HR. You know, I just think that when a CEO, when anyone, especially on the executive team, is like, oh yeah, you'll hear from HR, don't worry, you'll get more information, you're just not owning the decision that you had a part in. You know, why not say, listen, we'll give you more information, HR is going to be a part of providing you that information so that you're clear on your pay and benefits and how this impacts you. But, you know, I want you to know that we take this seriously and this is an unfortunate situation to be in. Or, better yet, why not have someone from HR on the call? I mean, I've never seen something where it's been so matter-of-fact in a way that just doesn't take any regard of the employee into consideration. And I don't know, I just, I have a visceral reaction to anyone that just buckets HR into this, like, 
you know, group of people that just sends you the bad news. You all know how I feel about this at this point, especially if you've been here for more than just this episode. You know that I really think that it's moments like this that give HR a bad rep. And it's, it's not fair because actually it's an unfortunate reality of our role that sometimes we do have to have these um, conversations or be a part of the bad news, so to speak. But take a partner in your HR partner. Be collaborative. Maybe have them on the call so that if there are questions, maybe there, maybe you open up open up questions to be moderated so that at least it's a little bit more transparent. I just think of so many other options compared to this 900-person Zoom call. There's so many other better, better.com, better options than getting every single person who's impacted on this call. And actually another grievance to air, which for any of you that may have to lay off someone in the future, don't ever do this, don't ever do what I'm about to say this CEO did, which was lead off the call by simply saying, and naturally maybe there was a beginning that I missed, but based on what I saw, he started off the call saying, if you are on this call, you're one of the unlucky people in this group that is impacted by the, the layoff. Something to that nature. Um, it, it's I think it's a loose translation, but it's it's pretty close. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up now, um, but that's just I mean, it's not the right thing to do. And when you think about someone who has been trusted as a as a CEO, I mean, clearly trusted to run this organization, to get on a call and hear ah. Oh, I got the quote, but to get on a call and hear this, like it's it's just not nice. Okay, so this is what he said. This isn't the news that you're going to want to hear. If you're on this call, you're part of the unlucky group that is being laid off. Oh, it's pretty close. Your employment here is terminated effective immediately. And then he says, I really, I do not want to do this. It's just like, I, I would never recommend to someone to say it that way. And I've written, you know, verbiage for how these things should go in the past. And I'm sure, again, that I'll do this in the future. But I can just think of, you know, for example, he could have said, hey, we're bringing you on this call. You're not going to enjoy hearing what I'm about to say. And I have to tell you, this is not the first time, unfortunately, that I'm doing this in my career. But it never gets easier because you're a significant part of this team and this family Unfortunately, as a result of the business, yada, 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 we're going to have to lay off a, a select group of people. And unfortunately, you are part of that group. Now, again, don't do that on a 900-person call. But you can already feel there's like a little bit more empathy there. I don't know that me speaking off the cuff that way is also the most recommended verbiage to use. But I do think it's better than saying you're part of the unlucky group. I mean, it's like winning the opposite of the lottery. It's like, congratulations, you won the layoff lottery. You get four weeks of severance, one month of continued benefits, two months of COBRA paid benefits, because we care about your health and well-being, which is why we laid you off before the holidays. Happy New Year. I mean, that is like really unkind. So all I can say is better.com. Do better. I hope you're not in this situation again, ever again. And to those 900 employees who have been impacted by this, LinkedIn is going wild. Go on LinkedIn because everyone is saying, if you are part of this layoff, 
I have a job for you. If you need a job, come find me. And I think that's an amazing response from a group of professionals who recognize that this was done really poorly. And this is inherently the problem when leaders or executives see people as numbers and not as people. And with that, I'm going to leave you to your thoughts for the rest of the week. Please reach out to me on Instagram if you have any thoughts or questions or, you know, maybe you want to talk about this a little bit further. My handle is HRTracy. That's Tracy with an I. And I hope that this gives you some thought about your own experiences. And hopefully if you, if you ever, you know, hopefully not, but if you ever have to be a part of this layoff one way or another, of any layoff, I should say, one way or another, you think about what we talked about here and you think about how those 900 people are not just numbers, they are human beings with families, with bills, and with lives that need to be considered, especially when ending employment. So thank you so much for being here for this week's episode. I hope to see you next week for a new episode. As you know, they air every Tuesday and I appreciate you being here so much. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you.